Welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. Boomer. Some people don't like the term, but I think, like many other words, it's all in how you say it. My umbrella business is Boom with a Bang, and I think we should keep that in mind as much as possible. We Boomer women don't have a lot of role models as we traverse this chapter. So the goal of this podcast is to introduce you to guests who might incentivize, encourage, teach you to embrace your wisdom, our wisdom. With this incarnation of the Boomer Woman's Podcast, I'm interviewing people who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at boomwithabang.com. If you want to be a guest on podcast or know someone who would be a great guest, message me. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value, we know how to do it, and we must perpetuate the art form. So let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. If anyone knows how long it'll take before that intro rolls off the tongue as easily as the previous one did, please let me know. Like so many of us, today's guest found herself in a place where her body was in need of healing. Like so many of us would prefer to, she was able to accomplish the task without surgery. Unlike so many of us, Corinne didn't stop there. She followed the healing path and became a practitioner. Now, that's her intro in under 100 words. Let's get the complete story from Corinne herself. Corinne Camaro, welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Corinne, would you share the full story of the path that led you to where you are today, please? Yeah, of course. So I have always been on a healing journey. It started when I was in my 20s. Well, when I was 20, exact. And I had acne and I had really bad menstrual cramps. And I was really trying to figure out how to get healthy. And I started with changing my diet, which helped a lot. And then I was working at an acupuncture school a few years later and had a cyst on my ovary. The doctor wanted to do surgery. Since I was already on this plant-based natural healing journey, I decided to try acupuncture since I was happily, I was happened to work in the school. So I gave it a try. It was very nerve wracking, but after two months, my cyst dissipated and so did my insane menstrual cramps. So for me, it felt like such a miracle that I decided to become a practitioner of acupuncture and Chinese medicine because it encompasses a lot of what I believe in, in terms of mental health, emotional health, physical, spiritual health. It really deals with nutrition, energy, breath work, movement. So it's a really nice holistic system that really worked for me. And then it kind of, it totally changed my life. I brought me left. I brought me to California from New York City. And I've had an amazing life here in California since I embarked on this journey of healing. And then it, and then it went deeper, learning how to heal my heart, you know, heal the emotional stuff that was going on in my childhood. And then embracing aging as I get older. So I've really um, created a lifestyle for myself that I'm excited to share with others. That sounds really great. Now, I'm going to go back to the sort of more personal story in a minute. Yeah. But acupuncture, can you tell us how it works, why it works? Yeah. So acupuncture is really about balancing all the systems in your body. So that means the circulatory, the nervous system, 
the endocrine, the digestion, the immune system, like all our bodies, all our body functions in terms of connection with another. And so when one thing is in balance, it, it causes something else to be off balance. And so it's all about creating harmony in the body. And the biggest cause of disease in Chinese medicine is called stagnation or things are that are not moving. So something feels stuck, there's tension in the body, which creates pain. And we've all kind of had that experience when our neck is out or tight shoulders, that we feel this tightness and pain. Acupuncture needles inserted in those kinds of spaces can help relax the muscles. It could bring more blood flow. And in doing so, it also boosts up your immune system because now you have all the white blood cells that are like, hey, there's a foreign object here. What's going on? And the body starts to initiate its self-healing mechanism. So the body starts to recognize there's these foreign objects in particular parts of the body. And the acupuncture points have more electricity than other parts of the body. So they become these epicenter for your body to kind of wake up in a sense. It's kind of like a getting a defibrillator, like, right, you're 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 making the heart move when the heart stops. So acupuncture, it works a lot with electricity and heat that we generate within our body. So with metal, which is the conductor of heat and electricity, by putting metal in the body, it's almost like your body is now like, okay, what's going, what's wrong? These parts need healing. And as an acupuncture, I'm directing the energy flow that's within your body so it can heal itself. It helps to relax your mind. It help, I, I mean, I love it for relaxation, it releases endorphins, um, it calms the nervous system down. And when you're in that healing quiet space and your body can really start to heal. Okay, I hope I'm not showing off how much I don't know about acupuncture. Yeah. But but of is it true not, yeah. that um like as you say, okay, you've got, you know, issues with your neck and shoulders. Do the needles mm -hmm. act actually go in there or I understood that sometimes they go into other parts of your body because that's yeah how the lines work. Yeah, so the acupuncture meridians can, they range, right? So they can start, like the gallbladder meridian starts at the outer eye, but then it goes along the sides of the body, along the neck, shoulder, the sides of the body, and ends at the toe, right? So now if you have an issue with the shoulder that's around the gallbladder meridian, that's a meridian that we would needle. But I could also needle your toe if you were having a headache. That was on the side of, you know, the one-sided headache, which is what we would consider a gallbladder type of headache. I could needle the foot. So that relieves the head because I'm making the energy move from the head to downward to relieve pressure from the head. So sometimes acupuncture needles can be local. If you're suffering from local pain, you could put needles there that can help relieve it. But a lot of the power is the distal points, distal meaning further away from the location. Like for the example, like treating the foot to treat the head. So it's not always as um, obvious as, okay, my hand hurts. I'm going to put a needle here. You can also treat the foot by for the hand. You can treat the shoulder, you can treat the hip to treat the shoulder, you know, the elbow, the knee. So if you're having knee pain, you can treat the elbow to, to reflect on the knee. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways of healing in terms of Chinese medicine, which is why it's a, a, a quite long program to understand the, the meridians, where they lie in the body, points that reflect with certain muscle groups, you know, emotions. So there's a lot to learn. It's kind of like a matrix of the body and it's a roadmap. So you can kind of, as an acupuncturist, it's like understanding how energy flows in the body and how to get things moving. So does that answer your question? It, it does. And in okay. the first minute and a half, you just impressed the heck out of me going, because I'm thinking, holy crikey, your learning curve must have been huge or a person's learning curve yeah. must be huge. 
I mean, acupuncture, you know, I when I was in acupuncture school, it's a four-year program, and you get a master's or a doctorate, depending on what state you're in. And when I was in acupuncture school, I was I was an apprentice with another acupuncturist, and I worked under him for a few years. And he pretty much said, 10 years you're proficient at acupuncture, because there's so much to learn. And I feel like that's true. I've been an acupuncturist. This is my 13th year. And I would say after eight, nine years, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. It's so much to learn. And we continually have to learn. We have to take 50 hours of continuing education every two years to to um, upkeep our license. And there's so much. I mean, I will probably never learn everything that has to do with acupuncture in this one lifetime. It's just too much. It's so much to learn. That's why I like this part of the reason why I chose it. Cause like, it's hard to get bored. <laughs> That's great. We're going to be a, life, a lifelong learner. You'll live forever. <laughs> yeah. I love learning. And it's something that there's always, I'm, I'm always amazed. I take a class. I'm like, Whoa, I didn't know that. Like, so it's, it's always, it always keeps my curiosity up. So it's great. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. Now I know you use Eastern medicine, herbs, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, living on the West Coast here. I also live on the West Coast. I didn't mention that. Oh, nice. I'm, I'm yeah. also very aware of traditional indigenous natural mm-hmm. remedies. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if this is outside your bailiwick, but are we seeing a recognition of and maybe a, a return to older traditional forms of healing? It seems to me it's sort of, it's all more mainstream now. Well, yeah, I think a lot of people have recognized that the Western model has its limitations. And it has its benefits, but it has its limitations. And so I think people that are going through multiple issues on multiple organs are realizing that they need more than just one thing. Like perhaps all these er- all these um, pills that they're taking have all these side effects. Perhaps I could take herbs and look at other modalities to, to make me feel better. I think ultimately the bottom line is people want to feel better. And sometimes one way of healing isn't enough. We're so We're all multi- dimensional dynamic humans and sometimes one way of healing is not enough we need to figure out other things and when people are open to other modalities they can I feel like they have a better chance of truly healing the root of whatever the issue is more than just the surface I have pain like what's underneath that I mean I'm a true believer that most things come from an emotional place like a negative emotional thing that has that never got that never got addressed and how it manifests in the body. Okay. I'm going to go way out in left field here now, but like we just talked about indigenous medicine or indigenous mm-hmm. healing, um, you are a practitioner of Eastern yeah. healing. Yeah. D- does it matter what, what my background, like, like if I had some Asian genetics in my mm-hmm. background yeah. Would I heal more quickly with Eastern medicine? I'm I'm way out in left field here. But it just oh, that's an interesting question. It. Yeah. Well, you know, what I will tell you, there's twofold. There's two parts of that. Like with the herbs, you know, I don't, I'm not big on Chinese herbs, mostly because I feel like our bodies are acclimated to where we are physically. So meaning I'm in Northern California. So kind of like the way Native Americans dealt with herbs, I would rather take the herbs that are growing in this land for my health than herbs that are grown across the country, across the world. So in terms of herbs, I feel like your location, no matter what your race is, it's like your location is important in terms of the 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 energy and the nature that's around you. Chinese medicine was based on nature based on what's growing around you, eating things seasonally, 
following that trend. So in terms of herbs, I would say yes. Chinese medicine, you know, I don't even truly believe. I wouldn't, I mean, it's called Chinese medicine, but I don't even know if it's really Chinese. You know, who knows where this information came from? You know, I'm a firm believer that it came from somewhere else because it is so concise and so advanced for when they created it that I'm like, where did this come from? Like one person in in, in the Neijing, which is like the original Chinese medicine book, it's like, it seems like all this information just dropped into his head. But I'm like, but where, where did this all come from? So I don't even know. I think it's one of those things where like, like yoga, yoga is a global thing, but it started in India, but who knows? It's like one of these things where like, I have an idea, but somebody has an idea somewhere else and it's in the consciousness of the world and somebody pulls it down and then they kind of create something. And then all of a sudden it's this, like Reiki, perfect example. That's energy that's around the world, right? So some Japanese guy pulled it down and he calls it Reiki. It's energy healing that's everybody's. So I feel like acupuncture is everybody's medicine. The Chinese just happened to have pulled down that information at that time for whatever reason, and then they harnessed it. And their culture um, at the time was really into nature and um, Taoism and finding this balance. So they had a really beautiful spirituality that went with the medicine that they no longer do since um, the communist regime took over. All the spirituality of acupuncture got removed and it became very, very um, scientific. So I feel really blessed because I feel like the people that are outside of China have gotten to learn the magic of, of, of Chinese medicine that the Chinese are not able to learn because of their um, political system. So, I mean, so yeah, I feel like it's everybody's medicine, but it just happened to fall on, on their culture for what, you know what I mean? Kind of like all the cultures, you could say the same thing. All cultures have amazing healing modalities. It just happened to fall in their culture, but it's for everybody. Well, I guess when you look at the continuum too of the human race, right. is, you know, if, if the first person to start writing down generations and generations of, you know, so many generations had no way to record information. And then suddenly one day that person happens to be Chinese or happens to be indigenous right. or happens to be Japanese. Um, then it becomes known as, as that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there were, you know, the Egyptians had cupping. They, you know, there was, you know, there's hydrographs of them doing cupping and cupping is known to be Chinese medicine. But then again, it's like, was it really like the, the, the you know, in, um, Egypt, they also did yoga, but they didn't call it yoga, you know? So I don't even know. So for me, I'm just like, eh, it's, it's just, it's just out there. It's healing. It's, it's magical healing. And I mean, it's like, I was watching that when, if you saw the, if you I don't know if you saw the matrix, but in the matrix, when Neo came out of the, what, you know, the real world, they, they even, they were, they put acupuncture needles on him. And I was just like, it's, it's one of these medicines that I feel so grateful that it got imprinted somewhere. Because it's truly like remarkable and it feels so simplistic. You're putting needles in the body, like, you know, with all our technology that we have in our world, it still works. 5,000 years later, it still works. So that's pretty remarkable. <laughs> I'm so glad you're on the other side of this uh, conversation because you are <laughs> so knowledgeable. It's great. Um, as I say, I wasn't, that wasn't even near my notes, but it was just like, oh, I wonder. Um, so <laughs> thank you for doing that. Yeah. Now, as you know, our audience is primarily boomer women. Yeah. One one of your talking points is self-love and acceptance as we age. Mm -hmm. Can you expand yeah. on that? Yeah. So, you know, I have had this extreme fear of aging 
since I was like, I don't know, 20, when I started this whole holistic thing, I was like, I don't want to get dementia. I don't want to get old. And, and I was freaking out about it. And it was like a freak out that was like in the back of my mind. And then I hit 35 and I was really like, oh my God, I'm getting old. I'm getting decrepit. And I know like when my friends, I have lots of friends that are in their fifties and sixties. They look at me and they laugh. They're like, girl, you're 35, like relax. Um, but then I realized that I don't want to spend the rest of my life hating parts of myself and parts of my body, wishing that I was young or wishing I had this or wishing I looked like that and waste my life and waste my time and waste my precious, my precious gifts on the planet worrying about what's going to happen when my boobs sag. Like, really? Like, is that really important? Um, so then, so I had to really come to the place where I was like, okay, I have to fall in love with myself. I have to really accept that I'm aging. And aging is a process that's going to happen to everybody. And I can either make a choice to be graceful and happy and excited about it, or I can be depressed and bitter about it. And it doesn't make sense to be depressed and bitter about it because it's going to happen anyway. It's not like I could stop it. So I had to accept the fact that I'm aging and find ways to fall in love with myself for real and enjoy my life and just enjoy it. And every moment be graceful, be grateful that I can still walk and I have all my faculties and um, accept all parts of me, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And and do you uh, impart that, I guess I was going to say teach it, but you can't really teach it. Do you impart that um, yeah. with your clients and stuff like that? Just the- yeah, absolutely. Like this whole graceful aging, I want to make it a movement because I feel like our society doesn't really appreciate older women. It's kind of like, oh, you hit a certain age. Okay, thank you. You, you had the babies. Move on. And we're kind of like this invisible space where like, the clothing options are not no longer great. Everything just feels kind of like, wah, wah, you're old, who cares? And I'm like, I feel like the wisdom and of older women is so valuable in society that our culture that's so youth-obsessed has forgotten how important it is to have that elder be like, hey, I have some wisdom to impart. And I also feel like a lot of women equate their worth with their beauty and as you get older, that you know, things start to fade. And I'm really imparting the idea of falling in love with your heart and having your beauty come from the inside and not necessarily from the outside. Yet there's many things that you can do to help yourself if you want to look younger with natural things and natural modalities, which I also help to promote. Because I feel like if that's your thing and you don't want to look a certain way, how can we shift it? But also, how can we work on the inside? How could we, how could you fall in love with your way you are now and be okay with things that are sagging and things not looking the way that they used to and be okay with it and be excited about it. I mean, like, okay, I have wrinkles. It's cool. Like it, it means I've lived. And so, yeah, I really impart that, that energy of like, okay, like we're older, but we're still amazing. We can still be sexy. We can still have fun. We can still wear fun colors and be out there and really enjoy and be our authentic self. Cause I know a lot of my clients that are in their 60s and 70s, they never really lived. They got married, they had babies, and now they're like, wait a minute. Hey, wait, I want to, I want, I, what about me? I want to have fun. I have like maybe 10, 15 more years of being healthy. I want to enjoy my life. I want to go out salsa dancing. I want to wear that dress. I want to enjoy the moments that I can enjoy while I still can. So, yeah. I had a career in, in elder care and I used to take a lot of pictures, uh, photographs, and I think it was when I started um, bringing them out in black and white. 
that I realized that each one of those wrinkles, each one of those lines tell a story. Exactly. And and just the beauty shone through. And I I rarely develop Mm -hmm. photographs in in color anymore, um, just Mm -hmm. because I just loved the the story that was imprinted on those beautiful faces. Yeah. 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 Okay. So staying with aging, Mm -hmm. what is rejuvenation acupuncture? Yeah. So I do something called facial acupuncture. And so facial acupuncture helps to rejuvenate the face, meaning like I was mentioning earlier, when you put acupuncture needles in the body, it creates like a micro trauma, which means blood comes, oxygen comes, white blood cell come, and your immune system starts to repair. And in the face, it helps to help build collagen and help improve elasticity and also lift the face because as as we get older, things come down with gravity. So acupuncture can strengthen the muscle, tone the muscle. There's lots of trigger points in the face. There's over 45 muscles in the face. So acupuncture can relax muscles, tight, help tighten muscles, bring more attention to the face. And a lot of times we have, we're holding so much tension in the face with our emotions. And so acupuncture can also help to soften that emotional space where you can really sit into like, okay, I'm angry and I'm frowning all the time what's going on, right? So it's about removing those layers of emotional pain that lives on your, that live on your face, but also bringing more blood and oxygen to your face and also lifting your heart energy, like releasing things that you're holding on to. Cause that's really, to me, the key to really aging well is to forgive and to let go and to be free of those emotional burdens that you've been carrying that live on your face. Like, I think most of us can, can recognize somebody that's been bitter or, or is angry, right? As they age, it gets, gets more and more obvious that they're not a happy human. And um, and that ages you. It ages you. And it also ages your soul, right? Because you're kind of like, oh, I'm done. I'm tired. I don't want to be here. Um, so that's the energy that I'm helping. I want to help reverse where you're, like, more excited about your life. You're feeling grateful. You're excited. You have joy. You're joyous. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting as you were saying that. I think we've all seen that person that you sort of go we like, have. "Oh my goodness!" If if they actually smiled, their face would crack. You know, like right. just, it's you can just tell the life that they've either had or the mindset they've had. I'm not sure. Right, exactly, or both. Right, they're having like a very victim mindset or a negative mindset. All of that just lives on the face. And when you're younger, you can get away with it. You can get away with it. You can have, you can be a curmudgeon, but nobody can really tell. People could tell, but it's not so obvious. But you, boy, you hit 40s, 50s, 60s, and then it starts to become heavier and heavier. And what's sad is that people will start doing like plastic surgery and they do Botox, they do all these things to like keep their face looking young, but the energy's still there. And so I think it's really interesting. I always look at before and afters of people that do cosmetic surgery. They look the same, just more, you know, disformed in a sense because they haven't really dealt with they still look angry, you know, they still look upset. So for me, when I, when I talk about facial rejuvenation, it's like really softening that space, releasing that. It's like taking off a mask that you've been carrying for all these years. And so much nicer looking than, you know, we've all seen those horror stories of, of the people mm-hmm. that have had like one face or tuck or facelift or tuck too many. You know, and they're starting to get cat-like. And yes. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard because I also feel like if you don't love yourself and not, and you don't love how you look, then you're always going to try to change something on the outside. And you keep changing it and changing it in hopes that you're going to change how you feel on the inside. 
but you kind of have to do the inside work. Otherwise, the facial surgery, I mean, you're going to keep going, keep going. As you know, people keep going, keep going because they, they want to feel different. I mean, at least that's what my impression is, is that they want to feel better. So they're doing these things and they, and they end up not feeling better. And so that's kind of that cycle that you want to break if you can. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, too, with this obsession with looking younger. Um, right. You know, so let's get rid of let's get rid of the stories. Let's get rid. Of I the know history. it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting because like we all want to look younger because that's a story that we've been told. Like we've been told like you want to stay young, you have to stay young. Like you know, and I'm like, okay, like of course we all want to have that youthful energy, and none of us really want to look decrepit and old and like you know unattractive. I feel like everybody wants to be attractive. Everybody, uh, uh, most people equate attractiveness to being lovable, right? So everybody wants to be lovable. And, you know, everyone has a, everyone wants to be validated and appreciated. I think that's a natural human thing. So it's interesting when we equate all of that to youth, because you're kind of like, okay, that only lasts so many years. And then what? And then, then I don't get any of those things anymore. And so that's kind of where, like, where I'm like, oh, that doesn't feel right. Um, and there were and there were cultures that appreciated, you know, indigenous cultures always, most of them really valued the old, right? The old, old the elders had a role in society. Um, they were important in our society. I mean, people, it's just like the elders are they're just hidden away in nursing homes. They're not even integrated, or they become politicians. But that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, you slipped that in so well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I know one of my pet peeves is um, these people who say, yeah, well, 60 is a new 40. And it's like, no, this is what 60 looks like these days. You know, we, right. we do know more. We do have more energy. We do, right. you know. Um, yeah, I think people are realizing, okay, we, we're living longer because we have better food. We have access to health care and all this stuff. So we are living younger. So we're living longer. So a 40-year-old, like my grandmother, well, she died at 30. But if she was 40, she would be a grandmother because she started having kids at 15, right? You know, so it's like a totally different, you know, when I think, you know, even the 80s, like the Golden Girls, they were only in their 50s. I still can't get over it. Like they were not that old. But, you know, that was what they looked like in the 80s. And now 50-year-olds don't look like that. (laughs) So it's, you know, it's a different time. But I think also, but if you want to look like one of the girls in the the Golden Girls, if if that's what makes you happy, then, hey, do that too. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think that's the issue is like, it's wrong to look like that. You know, you have to look like this because this is the way you're supposed to look. But I don't know. Some people don't want to look like that. Yeah, we could and rock, it's not comfortable. rock retro. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, if you want to look like the Golden Girls, those glasses are so cute. Like, I mean, I love, you know, like the whole idea is for you to be authentically yourself, right? No matter what that is. And it, no matter what age you are, like you should, you know, if you want to be whatever you want to be at any age, that should be okay. And if that's what makes you happy, go for it. Yeah. Now, I saw two terms I didn't understand on your website. Correct me with the, uh, the pronunciation, gua sha. And yes, correct. Yeah. Aculift micro pen. Yeah. So the acrolift, um, so gua sha, we'll start with that. Gua sha is a tool. It's a tool from China and it's a, it's, it's shaped in many ways, but essentially it's a tool to help cl- drain your lymphatic system in your face and your body. So you kind of use it along your face to create movement. So it's almost similar to acupuncture where we're bringing blood and circulation, but we're also now moving the lymph. 
So you can do it in your face, you can do it in your body, and you're always kind of moving it towards the, the lymphatic nodes to help your body detox. So it helps smooth fine lines, it helps with puffiness, it helps with your body. Or, like what do you use? No, they're stone. I mean, okay. I could show it to you, but I don't have it. Yeah, the listeners wouldn't see it anyways. <laughs> oh, so then I see. Okay, yeah. It looks like so. In, in so, it's. Have you ever had um gone to a Chinese food restaurant and they give you those big spoons? Oh right, yes. Those, so it's like the side of that. That's what initially you could use. That's what they started using it with, and then they created these stones. So it's like a stone that is the shape of uh, the one I use is rectangular, but you can buy them in many many shapes. But one side of it is curved, so you can go along the jaw and the cheeks and all of that. And then, um, yeah, so there's a whole thing. Like you can go on my, you can go on my Instagram or YouTube. I'm creating videos on how to use them. But you can go on any social media site and put gua sha, and they'll show you all sorts of instructions on how to use it. I'm gonna delete that part. Like we just want them to go to your YouTube. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you can go to my. So you can come. You can go. You can come to my YouTube channel, and I can show you how to use it. Or you can go to you can go to my Instagram and I can show and there'll be videos on how you can use the gua sha. It's really fun. It's cheap and it's easy. You know, you can do that once or twice a week, and it really brings um, brightness and lightness to your face. And micro needling. So the Oculus micro needling pen. Micro needling is a really another amazing way to reduce fine lines and wrinkles, increase collagen, and improve elasticity of the face. And so you would do that once a month for a series of three to four sessions, and that could really um, it's like a natural Botox in a way, okay. except Botox freezes the muscles. We don't freeze the muscles. We help re- re- like relax the muscles, but at the same time, invigorating your own body ability to produce collagen. And you use serums with it, which then drives the serums deeper into the body. So it really nourishes the skin and helps with hydration. I mean, overall, it's a very um, powerful way of really rejuvenating the face from the cellular level up. Yeah, and you really want to go to somebody that's licensed because a lot of people do microneedling, but you would, I would either go to a dermatologist that probably charge you way more or come to me like an acupuncturist. Um, yeah, or an dentist that's licensed and knows what they're doing because you can it can harm the face if you go too intensely. But it's not that painful. You put numbing cream. It's really It's really amazing. I've gotten rid of scars on my face that I've had, like chicken pox scars that I've had since I was a kid. I was able to remove with my microneedling. Yeah, it helps with like bigger pores. If you have acne scars, it's great. You're you're one of the interviews that I really wish we were on video because your face just lights up. And oh. when you start talking <laughs> about this, it's just great. It's oh. <laughs> good. Thanks. Um, now, the very first words on your website, and I think we've sort of touched on this a bit. Uh, the very first words I saw on your website were, love is the key to aging gracefully. Yeah. And I take it you do mean self-love? Well, well, love for me, love, self-love and love is, you know, we've been saying self-love and I say it too, because that's what everyone's saying, but love is love. Like if you love yourself, you, you extend that love to others. And I think this whole movement of self-love is really just to emphasize this idea that when you love and accept yourself, you have more empathy for yourself and you can extend that to others. When you don't love yourself, when you're in a space of self-loathing, it's easier to put, put that pain onto other people. And so this idea of building this love within yourself is really to use love as your own healing guide within yourself, to find compassion for yourself, to have grace for yourself, 
to really forgive yourself. And when you're able to do that, it's easier to do that with others. And when you're able to do that, then you're able to let go of the negative um, emotions that you carry that affect your overall health in any in any case, not just your face, but holding on to pain and digestive issues. I mean, you can you know, it's just everything. All our health can be keyed to a lot of emotional stuff that we haven't processed. So, yeah. I'm really glad you mentioned that because I think we forget. I mean, we we tend to separate who we love and why we love or what we love. Um, but yeah, just the fact that, you know, whether it's self-love or love for my friends or love for my family, whatever, it's it's made grander and I'm using my hands here. <laughs> um, sort of bigger, more universal, I guess. Um, right, when it's, right. It's wholehearted, shall we say. Yeah, wholehearted love. Yeah, and um, and it's really the key. I mean, honestly, like when we die, when we're on a deathbed, I don't think most of us are going to think about like, oh, I wish I'd, you know, what am I, car, my house? Like most of us are not going to be thinking about things. We're going to be thinking about the people we love, right? Um, even like when 9-11 was happening on the plane, the phone calls were of love. That people called their loved ones. And so honestly, love is the most important thing for me. And if you love, if you have so much love in your heart and you have a lot of love around you, are you, I mean, you might care about your wrinkles, but not really. You know what I mean? Like you being a grandparent and having so much joy in your life and having an amazing relationship with your partner or with yourself and having things that you love in your life. If you like to garden or knit or dance or whatever, haven't you have a passion in your life and that's all love. You know, if you have a, if you have a purpose that you wake up every morning excited to live that that's beyond, that's better than all the Botox and surgeries put together. You ever done a TED talk? <laughs> well, in your to your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> <laughs> I just see I, you up on. I can just see you up on stage. It's just, oh, just you come alive so much. Thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, our listeners are boomers, mostly women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What should they think about? We've touched on some things, but what yeah. should they think about as they age and they want to maintain vitality, healthy body and soul? Um, now, I have my own theories on how to age disgracefully, but <laughs> that's a slightly different subject. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I would say 50s boomers, you know, the biggest thing is hormones, right? You know, where you're at the age or where your hormones are definitely different. And if you haven't gotten a hormone panel, if you have access to getting a hormone panel done, seeing a naturopath <laughs> or a doctor, a functional medicine doctor, or integrative doctor, I would highly encourage you to start there, making sure your hormones are intact. Because honestly, sometimes it's hard to go into that spiritual, emotional space if your physical biochemistry is off. Sometimes it's just a matter of fixing your biochemistry first. And then you'll be like, oh, actually, I'm not as depressed as I thought I was because my estrogen levels were all out of whack. So that's number one baseline is to get your physical body in check. So getting all the tests done, making sure. And you don't necessarily have to follow all the doctor's advice. I love going to doctors for the diagnostic test. I'm like, okay, I got this. this is, let, me, and let me figure out how to do it natu- naturally. And if that doesn't work, I can go back to the doctor. But it's nice to have those numbers. So that's the number one thing, getting your hormones in check. 
And then can I, I just can I just interrupt yeah. you there? Um, just for the sake of our listeners, is I, I have interviewed a few people who deal mm-hmm. with hormone replacement therapy. Yeah. And when my generation were hitting fifty, looking at menopause, right. um, the HRT was it was really scary, and it is not yeah, that yeah. anymore. It's it's really I know, isn't it great? Yeah, yeah. So I'll just add that in because of because of the age of, yeah. of these people. So. So go ahead. Sorry. I'm- yeah, no, it's, it's no, no, it's great. No, like the, like when I was, when I was started in my practice, it was like a, it was really scary to use hormones and now they've got the research and everything. So yeah, it's a blessing. Like I know so many of my clients are so happy. So that's number one. I would get the biochemistry in order. And after that, I think once you realize, I think it's important to just take a step back and be like, okay, I have, I don't know how many years I have left on the planet how do I want to feel for the rest of my time here? And how do I want to optimize my gifts and my presence and really analyzing yourself? Like, what do you really want? Have you, you give, have you given yourself the opportunity to go after what you really want? And sometimes it's a hard decision. You may have to let people go. You may have to change this. You have to do that. You have to kind of take a risk and there's no better time than now. Like whatever that is that you want to do or feel or experience, do it. And if you can't do it because it's like too big, what's something that's a step towards that, right? Like if you have a dream of, I don't know, you've you've never gotten a plane and you really want to go to Paris, but you're afraid of flying. Well, well, maybe take a trip somewhere. Maybe take a you know take a plane, take a take a little trip on a boat or something. Do something that's one step closer to what you really want, even if your dream feels out of reach and it's because it's really not about necessarily a reaching that goal it's about that journey to get there and all the things you learn about yourself on the way right you may learn oh my god I, I didn't know I loved this I didn't know that's made me happy oh I, oh, I actually don't like that why was I doing that for so many years like it's, it's like I think it's like about having fun and being curious about who you are like you're this person that's been living a certain way could you live a different way and find more joy in that and I think it's really great for women, I, you know, older women, a lot of my clients, their kids are grown, their husbands are like, whatever. And they're like, okay, you know, they're, <laughs> either, they're, either they're divorced, widowed, sadly, or their husband, they, you know, they've been together so long that her husband, the husbands can do their thing. And they're like, wait a minute, I could take care of myself now. You know, I could do things for me. I could, I don't have to focus on the kids. I don't have to focus on this. I'm retired now. I could just, what do I want to do? And it's such a beautiful place to be. And it's such a privilege to be able to be like, okay, all my basic needs are met. What do I want? And I would say my advice for women, other than getting your biology checked, is to play. When was the last time you played? You know, only kids are allowed to play, but you should be, you should be able to be playful too. Like, I think that's the thing that makes us young, right? The youth, the youth have curiosity and they're just like, what's going on? What's go- I want to know what's, what's happening, what's happening? As we get older, we're like, eh, I don't know. I don't, I'm done. Like, you know, there's this feeling of like, okay, ap- apathy. And I think apathy kind of ages you too, because you're not excited about anything. So then why wake up? I mean, you're, this, you know, apathy is like depression. You're kind of like, okay. And there's no joie de vivre in that space, you know, no excitement. And I would say, find your joy, find something that makes you smile. Even if it's tiny, do it. There's a quote out there that goes something along the lines of, you don't grow old. No, you don't quit playing because you grow old. You 
<laughs> what am I doing here? You don't quit playing because you grow old. You grow old because you quit playing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and I think we all can probably think about somebody in our life that was an older person that was fun and joyous and having a good time. And I remember I was working, a quick story, I was working in a restaurant as a server when I was in acupuncture school. And there's this woman that came in, this older woman with on a cane. She was like on white hair, red lipstick. She looked sharp. And she was like walking with a cane. And I was like, okay, she's on a date by herself. Okay. But she was like spunky. And she was on a date with the guy that was like 20 years younger than her. And at the time I was all like, I can't find a man. I'm too old. I'm never going to get married. I'm 30, whatever. And here this woman is in her 70s or 80s, I don't know, with a cane, having a joyful time with this guy that was at least in his 50s. And I thought it was so cool. And then she came a week later with a different guy. And I was just like, <laughs> and she made me so excited because I was like, you know, it's a mindset thing. It's a mindset because she's an older woman with a cane, having fun, dating. She reminded me of Blanche on, on Golden Girls. You know, this idea of like, I still got it. I was like, I love it. She gave me so much like joy because I was just like, here I, here I am having a pity party. And why? Life is too, you know, I don't, I don't need to play the victim. Like, it doesn't matter how old you are. You can still go out there and have fun. And I just think that's really important. Yeah. yeah. I'm still surrounded by much older women. And mm-hmm. we are currently planning the 96th birthday of one of these women and she is just yeah. a hoot she's blind as bat but she's still yeah. so independent and so much yeah. fun and yeah and just you know laugh first and think later <laughs> right right and after me that's 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 what joy that's what graceful aging is it's like being in your heart being joyful being excited to be alive and spreading joy and beauty in the world well you talked about that older woman who was dating uh, this yeah. woman that I'm speaking of, um, her first husband's name started with an A. Second husband's name started with a B. Now, now they all died. It's not like she was yeah. divorcing right, left, and center. Third husband um, started with a C, just coincidentally. Oh, that's hilarious. So when he passed away, we all started teasing her about finding somebody whose name began with D. And then just recent- <laughs> recently, <laughs> she came to me and she said, I don't really have time to worry about whether it's D, you know, D, E, F, or G. I'm not coming up 96. <laughs> Just find me a man. <laughs> I love uh, it. Yeah, these are my role models. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Now, when your publicist, and I think this is sort of maybe a segue, um, when your publicist reached out to me, she also mm-hmm. mentioned clean beauty, sustainable mm-hmm. fashion, and skin care. Can you yeah. pull all that together, please? Yeah, totally. So a large part of what I do is help women get in touch with who they are and actually actually start to live in a very beautiful, sustainable way for them. So clean beauty really means like analyzing the products that you use on your face, because most of the products that we use on our face have have toxicity in them. Um, So if you want to have healthy, beautiful skin, the first step is eliminating the products that have toxicity in them and are also affecting our hormones. So that's an education piece of teaching women how what they're using and how that affects their skin and their overall health, right? And so with the style pit bit, it's really helping women get in touch with their creative side and how they want to have their image reflect who they are on the inside. You know, perhaps they've been wearing clothes that doesn't make them feel good or they're insecure about parts of their body. So how can we utilize style to really bring forth the essence of who they are? 
right? So that could be the body type. It could be, you know, dressing for your body type and finding the right colors for your palette and that kind of thing. And then what was the last part? Um, well, beauty style. Clean beauty. I think the then, skincare oh, yeah. and the clean this, beauty. Yeah, it's clean beauty are the same. And then the, then the last piece of the trilogy, like the style, beauty, and the wellness. And the wellness part is the inside work, the self-love, the getting in, in touch with who you are. And all three of those, for me, are the key to raising or aging gracefully. And in being in your power and being your authentic self, like in having fun with beauty and texture and fashion and all these things can be the, a whole expression of who you are as a human and how you want to play in the world and how you want to be and how you want to be seen and how you want to show up. And so that's really how I work with women is really helping them in all those facets if they want, or if they want to just focus on beauty, if they want to just focus on style. But for me, it's all of it. It's like having that transformation from, from the inside and really having that reflect outward. I will add there too, that um, several years ago, I got an app on my phone that mm-hmm. you scan the UPC of the products you use, whether it's household products or personal products right. or whatever. And yeah, it's pretty scary when you get the results of, of that stuff. So. Very, very. And a lot of it's stuff that, you know, we've been thought, taught that they're okay to use and you're very surprised when they're not. Yeah. Pretty scary. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. wonder why we look so old. We put all these chemicals and screwing up our yeah. skin and stuff. Yeah, a lot of those chemicals cause havoc. I mean, more, more, you know, for me, it's the endotoxins. I'm more concerned with the endocrine disturbers that are in a lot of these products, a lot of the plastics that we use. So a lot of it is made for money. They're not, they're not thinking about longevity of health, right? It's more about, okay, this is a cheaper chemical. So this is what we're going to use. And it makes such a difference when you start using products that don't have chemicals in them that are clean or they're made in small batches that, that are built, that are made with intention of health. And your skin starts to feel like completely different. It's like night and day. We have come so far since the beginning of our conversation and take this in the vein in which it's meant, but it's like, you're almost like one-stop shopping for an aging woman. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I- that's my intention thank you but like literally that's like you know it's so funny that you say that because I was thinking about that the last couple weeks is like I am because I because I'm so multifaceted and I do so many things and for a lot of times I was like you know I have ADD like how can I harness this into one thing but I'm not I'm not one thing and I want to bring women on and have that transformation from start to finish like looking at the health looking at the body looking at the emotions because to me we're, we're human beings that were so dynamic we have all of those things. And I'm one facet of that. And of course, there's so many other people that do different things too. But for me, if you're someone that's really like, I want to live healthy, I want to look fabulous, I want to have fun in life, and I want to be full and excited about my life, and I'm getting older, and I don't know how to do that, I'm definitely the person that can help you shift. So is that where Corinna came from? Yeah, so Karina came from, so I started styling my friends that are in their 40s and 50s. Well, no, they're like in their 50s and 60s. And I was finding that it was really hard to find clothing for them, you know? And I also found it kind of annoying that every store, every online store that I would go on was like thin 20-year-olds. I'm like, is there nothing for people, women that are middle-aged? And, you know, so they have like really, really old for women that are really, really old really old meaning like 80s and 90s right but there's nothing for middle age really and and if it is it's kind of like okay like elaine fisher no offense she's okay but it's like the one thing and it kind of felt like why isn't there not enough 
supportive information and celebration for women that are 40 and plus. It's really like you're young and you're beautiful and you're old. What about the in-between? And so that's kind of what birthed it. Because I was like, you know, I feel like I want to change this whole conversation and dynamics about middle-aged women to older women and create a more celebratory vibe and also have a, a meeting point online where you can actually purchase things that are relevant to you and have people that look like you. And I mean, I'm so it's the beginning of the company. I haven't really gotten to the overall vision, but the overall vision is for it to be a platform for women to shop and gather that are in 40, that are 40 plus and want to see themselves reflected in the people that they're buying from. And also from the people on the website, because I think it's really disingenuous for companies to just be marketing to the biggest buying power in America is 40 and plus women. And we have to look at girls that are size two and are 20. Like, I'm like, really? You, you guys couldn't find anybody that was around our age, even a 30 something year old. So, um, so it's kind of, so it was kind of started from this like anger place where I was like, no, I'm going to change this. And so <laughs> it's kind of how it started. Now you're just east of San Francisco. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I know ac- acupuncture needs to be an in-person service. Yes. Um, but is any of the rest of it something that you do online or? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so if you're yes, if you're in East, if you're in I'm in Lafayette, so if you're in the East Bay of California, you can come see me get acupuncture. And the rest of it, yeah, that's all online. So if you are looking for coaching in terms of style, how to take care of your skin, overall, how to age in a way that feels good to you, building your authentic self, then I totally can work with you online. Okay. And where are you on the World Wide Web? Karina.com. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay, because um, I think there was a couple of websites that I that I came across. So, um, yeah, I have the Kareen Kamara is my acupuncture website, and then Karina is the Graceful Aging website. So there are two, and I kept the acupuncture one up because you know it's my name and it's easy to find me. But then it can link to what I'm doing now. So it's a little, a little, it's a tiny bit confusing, but you can find me on Karina. You can always email me, find me on Instagram at karina.co, and we can start conversations. You can always email me too. Yeah. And you are on the most social media, I think, aren't you? Yeah, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. My channel is a nascent beginning. I'm beginning my YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, but you can, I'm findable. My name is unique. I'm like, there's only a few of us in the world. <laughs> <laughs> that <was> great. <laughs> is there anything I haven't asked you? Uh, no, I think that's everything. Yeah. And I'm so happy to be able to share um what I do with your community, it really means a lot to me. I really want to take the world by storm, having having women be in their power. Yeah. Well, with that energy, actually, what you need to do is you find, need to find a way to bottle the energy. <laughs> Sell <laughs> that and you're set. I mean, we're all set. We just buy the bottle of energy. <laughs> Man, that would be it. That would be quite a product. oh that's great okay so uh, the website links will be in the podcast show notes Um, all the links will be part of your bio on our website listeners if you have thoughts on today's show please talk to us leave comments where you're listening or if you're at the boomer woman's podcast at boomwithabang.com scroll to the bottom of the page and talk to us there leave stars and reviews where you can they help us grow For early access, this is new, for early access of upcoming episodes, there's a sign-up under this conversation at Boom With a Bang. Share this episode with some friends. 
it might confirm what they already know, or it might open up a lovely new natural way to stay or get healthy as we can as we continue through this chapter. Corinna Camara, thank you so much for being my guest today and sharing so much great information and motivation. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Have a great rest of the week.